All right. All right. We, all right. We are live just a few minutes early. I love it. That's where we need to be, man. Thank you for joining our live show today. And if you want to keep track every couple of weeks, we're going to have Claudia on. And there's a partnership with the Don't Punish Pain Rally organization. We're going to do a podcast every two weeks. Every two weeks. Including our own Daily Addict. So fans of the Daily Addict podcast, trust me, we are going to have our episodes filled with the drug war news, as we always do. Chronic, chronic grandma's on. Hello, James everybody. Hi. We are a little bit early, and that's good. Yay. Hello there, chronic grandma. So, welcome to the DAP. Hey, guys. Your, hey, how you doing, Claudia? You know, thank God for my 14-year-old. <laughs> because I can never figure out how to call in here. I'm going to have to take a screenshot. Welcome to the show. Thank We're, you. It, welcome, everyone. Uh, this is the DAP. We're presenting the Don't Punish Pain Rally uh podcast with claudia mirandi and we also have in studio here dave what's up dave what's up so we're going to format this show in such a way where we're going to do a short um informational interview uh with claudia and then we'll be fielding or taking everyone's calls that wants to ask her a question <laughs> you always have this this microphone falls down a lot that's all right. Thanks. Okay. So, do you want to bring us in with our drop? You want to bring us in with our music? Yeah, let's try it. America's public enemy Everybody knows that quote. In the United States is drug abuse. Okay. So, Claudia, how have you been? That's, you know, I'm a little tired. It's been a very, very intense, busy week, but um, I'm good. And you know what? I would, I'm so pleased to be spending Valentine's Day with my two favorite men, Tim Aww. and Dave. Aww. I'm only kidding. No, oh, <laughs> no, you're not no. kidding. <laughs> no, we're we're both here with you too. You oh, know? No. Yeah, it's Valentine's <laughs> Day. We're all together. So. Hey, um, I want to speak into this week. I know it's been busy. I see you tweeted. Uh, I think you were in front of, you're talking in front of the house in Rhode Island or the Senate or something. Uh, you want to tell I us was. about that? Yeah. So, um, you know, so I've got a legislation at 7398 and it went back. Uh, it didn't, you know, we got stuck in the Senate last year. This bill is to exempt chronic pain patients from the torturous 2016 CDC guidelines. Last year, it passed the House unanimously, got stuck in the Senate. This year, I returned, and things were a little different. 
because this time around, I had advocated for several lawmakers the oh. past six months. Makes a difference, and, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and, Walk a mile in uh, my shoes, right? No shit. And I, um, I was fortunate. I do have a Senate sponsor. Uh, so I showed up, I had a, you know, it took me five hours to prepare my testimony. And I was there with two lovely people, one, a lady, Krista Brack with Ellers Danlow. She came out in her wheelchair. She's a fighter. She just had a shunt put in her head. And another lady, uh, Beth, a uh, very, very skilled RN, uh, well-versed. So when we got there, I, uh, you know, I happened to see the DC lobbyists that were going to be hiring. That's how small Rhode Island is. And Representative Greg Amore came up to me and he said, oh, make this quick because um, there's no opposition. And I said, no, Greg, I, it took me five hours to prepare this speech. And the lobbyist, who's a friend of mine, he said, Claudia, don't, you know, we want to get in and out of here. I'm like, too friggin' bad. I prepared this. You're going to listen to me. I said, and this is how people learn. But when I, after Greg presented the bill, there really wasn't much left for me to say. So I just got up and I said, look, this is, this is where we are in this crisis. So, um, you know, I almost, I'm not an emotional person, but when the chairman ever said this house, this bill is now supported by the Rhode Island Department of Health, the Rhode Island Medical Society, the Rhode Island ACLU, that's huge. So, you so know, how did you feel? How did you feel? Did you feel vindicated? Do you feel like you're... No. Do you no. feel like it's going, you know, it's going to pass Senate and it's going to be a bill and it's going to, it's going to help. I mean, do you feel well, that way? I mean, they, everybody seems to believe um, it's going to be a law, but this had already been a law on the books and most States have laws like this. You just have to find them. I just had to zhuzh it up a little, but it's not a perfect bill. It's vague, but I didn't know what, you know, I'm brand new to this. So I had to start from the beginning. So right. I felt like, lawmakers say, you know, they acknowledge, oh, God, this is bad. You know, when I get called in to advocate for you and you're a lawmaker, we've got a problem. And I said to uh, Greg Amori, I said, you know, I still want to believe that the Department of Health cares. And he said, they do. I said, I'm not buying it, Greg. I'm not buying it. Every state knew when they implemented these policies, it was going to be a genocide. So we've got a lot of work to be done. Will it be signed into law by the governor? I think so, uh, but you never know. There's a lot of deals that are wrapped up and anything can change. But I know uh, it's already been viewed over 5,000 times, which is a lot for uh, a health education welfare committee hearing. Uh, so it was busy. Before that, I was in Channel 10 promoting the rallies. And... Um, you know, it was, it's a lot. Vindicated? No, not yet. I need to get out and meet with every single doctor in Rhode Island. And it's going to take me about a year, but I'll do it. And I need to sit across from the anti-opioid zealots in my state. And I'll do that as well. Right now, my job is to protect the doctors who are still prescribing and to terrorize the ones who were calling the DEA on those who are still prescribing. So there's a lot of work to be done. Very good. Yeah, that's uh, the, the DEA. Uh, they come in and they are just, you know, they treat everybody the same like crap. You know, I don't know if anybody's ever oh, witnessed this stuff, but um, when we we cover a lot of stories that they do regular drug busts and regular operations that were there, you know, 
against regular like drug deal, actual drug dealers, not doctors and stuff. And they just they just come in, they wipe your house out. There's no consideration for children. There's no consideration for your belongings and the fact that you may be innocent. Um, nope. And then also, you know, but in I was very proud in Michigan. Our governor passed a law with the medical marijuana as our government, came, our, our governor stuck up for us and said, you can't um, confiscate if they're if they're raiding someone that is like medical marijuana or growing ma- marijuana, you cannot confiscate their belongings until they're proven guilty, Person, which I right. thought was seize a big thing because right now, yeah. you know, that's what they do. And that's what the DEA does. You know, they seize that's your assets, they, they terrorize you, they come in with guns drawn. You know, you're going into a doctor's office. Do you need to draw your guns? I mean, it's a, it's a weird, it's just a, it's a terroristic wow. feeling, you know? It's going to end. You know, these doctors don't have a chance of defending themselves because they seize your assets. They freeze your accounts. And I spoke with this Dr. Lonnie Parker. And, um, you know, I always ask doctors, how did you find me? Usually through a Google search. And he, uh, he served four years in prison. He said, I'm not, I'm not pleading to something I didn't do. He was vindicated, got out of prison after four years, regained his medical license, but they weren't done with him. And he's in Arkansas. And he just shared his story with me. And I said, let me tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have the biggest presence. And we're going to put we're going to put so much pressure on that judge. See, what's happening is the DEA, they're getting sloppy because these are cops. These aren't doctors and they're not highly skilled cops. What the DEA doesn't take into account is someone like me, because what I'm doing right now is I am looking for the best retired DEA agents there are. And I want to pay these guys top notch ladies, guys, whatever. I want them on my payroll. I want them on the doctor's payroll. And I want these same DEA agents to testify against the ones who are now terrorizing the doctors. That's actually achievable. It's oh, just, very much um, so. Yeah, very so, much so. Yeah. yeah, because there's still law enforcement. There's retired sheriffs and retired drug enforcement uh, that come out after they retire and say, you know, the drug war is wrong. You know, yep. the things that we did, the things that we, you know, I knew we were do- doing this. I knew we did that. And it, there's just too much room for corruption, too. There's too much room for oh, people sure. to be on the take. It just breeds a whole nasty oh, thing. It's you know, so, you know, it's and I worked for the feds as a court reporter. And I saw things, I swear, I just, I wish I never heard some of the the cases I did. I wish I wasn't in the federal uh, grand jury room. Um, And I I learned a lot from being a presence in that courtroom. But I think, you know, the judges are catching on, you know, every doctor's case that you hear in the newspaper is, you know, this doctor prescribed 500,000 pills over the course of a year, and this doctor prescribed outside of the, the limits. But it's so vague because of that Controlled Substances Act. So we are going to, uh, you know, my vision was to always have a few retired DEA agents working in tandem with lawyers, um, you know, testifying against the DEA people that are showing up in court. And that's the vision I should have stuck with. But sometimes a lawyer gets a hold of me and said, Oh, let's do it this way. But no, no, we're going to do it my way. Because if I start listening to every Tom, Dick and Harry attorney out there, it's where we get lost. So what we tell the doctors, there's going to be a lot of doctors listening to this. um, At a later time, you hang in there, 
you need help, you email me at cmirandy1 at cox.net. I've got your back and I've got a lot of people to watch your back. So I'm getting excited because we're getting closer to 320. And I know there's a lot of work behind that. And I know there's a lot of rallies going on around the oh, country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know you're like, you 320? What's 320? Is that I was a like, new is 420? That, is that no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the rallies are coming up and yeah i want to um, know uh we, i know we i know we have one in michigan because dave and i definitely want to support uh the movement and want to go you know to the one in, in in michigan but um could you tell us how like if we didn't have one here how to go about getting one going i think I think I can help you with that. <laughs> so I created the rally so every pain patient would be able to be seen, be heard, have a voice. So first step is uh, visit our website, don'tpunishpainrally.com. Second step is make your way over to Facebook. And we hate Facebook, but it's a necessity when organizing hundreds of rallies across the country. You're going to join Facebook, Don't Punish Pain Rally, and then you're going to make your way to your state page. So you would type in Michigan, Don't Punish Pain Rally. You're going to take a look around, and if you don't see a rally has been organized, it's because one has not been. I think we have 55 organized so far. You can protest anywhere you want. And let me tell you, sometimes a one-person protest is the most effective. Go outside of a Walgreens if you can't get to your capital. Grab some signs. Grab family, friends, and we're going to get you the press release. And we're going to teach you how to get that press release out to media because now media wants to hear your story. Uh, I created the rally so um, it would be accessible, but these people are very sick. They're in wheelchairs. Some are bed bound. And that's why we decided to, okay, if you can't make it to the Capitol, we always like to protest at the Capitol. We have two or three DEA protest right outside the DEA. One's in Miami. Another is in, uh, I don't have the list in front of me, but wherever you think is a good place to rally, we say get out there and rally. And we welcome Kratom people because I am a supporter of Kratom and I will be testifying in support of the um, Kratom Safe Consumer Act. I think that's the name of it in a few weeks. So it's, it's simple. You know, I don't want people to uh, they get nervous. I don't want to speak with the press, but the media, they want to hear from you. They want to hear from me for a few minutes, like why I started it. But I like people to, you know, it feels good when you talk to the reporter, you're able to share your story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm looking right here and that looks like there's one in Coloma city at Coloma city yeah. hall in Michigan, yeah. Coloma. Yeah. We've got great street. people. I've lived in Michigan ice. my whole life. I've never heard of Coloma. I've heard of Corona. And have you ever, Dave? Where's this city at? <laughs> We're gonna have to look out here. We will find out. I know. We're gonna we've drive the, to the. Listen, we've got David Israel. We've got Jesse Ray J. We've got Karen. Um, oh, I'm drawing that menopause blank. Oh gosh, I can't think of her name. She's wonderful. Maybe her name's not Karen. Maybe it's something else. I'm so tired. This is Jesse. This organizer here is Jesse. Uh, Jesse, yes. Yes. Such a nice. It's, it says April, good... April 7th is the one in Michigan. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you don't have to, pro so, a lot of people, so. you don't have to protest March 19th. It's really cold. Why did right. I choose March? Because we have to do this every three months. You know, people come and go. 
Um, but we've had people who this is their sixth time rallying. Um, so yeah, it may not, you just have to check. That's why we say get on that Facebook page. And this way yeah. you can start your legislative team. That's another mm -hmm. reason why I created this organization. So people can do what I did in Rhode Island. Uh, you know, you hook up with 10 people, you start looking at some bills, you find a sponsor, you get some legislation, pain patient legislation, and that's how it starts. That's what I did. Gotcha. That's how you, so if I wanted to get some legislation going and say, I want to go one step further, I want to get legislation going in Michigan mm -hmm. uh, to protect our pain patients here. Mm -hmm. that's I, basically yeah. where I would start. And then, then I would, uh, who would I contact? What, what would I do? My oh, local congressperson and yeah, talk absolutely. to them and talk to their aide or whatever and tell them my, my concern. And I want to bill. Now, do you yeah. have like a generic I do. bill? Do you have a bill you could send me? Like if I was there I and then I could say, Hey, yeah. I want to bill like this one, uh, introduced in Michigan. What do you think? Would I have to meet with them? Would I have to like, you know, yep. Yeah, it's a lot of work. So a lot I've of work. made it easy. I've made it easy. I made a boiler paint bill, boilerplate bill, basically saying chronic people with chronic contractible pain need opioids. That's it. And what we did in Rhode Island is we took that boilerplate boilerplate bill and we we had to insert it into Rhode Island existing law. And that's what every state has to do. Your laws are different from mine because lawmakers in their infinite wisdom thought it was appropriate for them to practice medicine. So mm -hmm. now we have to fix the damage. What I'll do in Rhode Island is if this bill is signed into law and people seem to think it will be next year, I will return with a redacted version and I will add and, and I'll see what's working, what's not working. And that's the, that's how, what you do with bills and laws. And I didn't know, what I was doing at all. I am still learning. And, the, you know, I put um, the link to the hearing and my representative at the end, you know, he was busting my chops. He's like, uh, Mr. Chairman, Claudia Mirandi has become an expert in civics because I didn't know anything. So um, I've made it easy for people. And I know there's hundreds of messages waiting for me. How can I do the same? You're going to just take a copy of mine but you're going to find a bill that's already on the books in your state. And it seems like a daunting task, but it's not. Once you find, or let's say you just find my version, you're going to call your local rep whose mine was in my backyard and our kids play tennis. So it, it was, it was, and I took him on my social media journey. That man still gets thousands of emails. <laughs> you're going to do the same thing. So find out, you know, who your local representative is, and you can just Google, who's my local representative? And there's actually something on Facebook. You're going to call him and say, I've got to talk to you. This is what's happening. And he's going to say, oh, God, I'm not touching opioids. Okay. So then you're going to try another one and another one, and you may have to go through a 100 until you find one. I guarantee you somebody is going through the same thing. So it's, you know, it's it, practice. The odds are pretty damn good. Um, what of do you course. think? And what do you think? How many, you might've said this in the past, but I can't remember uh, how many people are affected by this, uh, by this 
not, not the crisis itself, but by the pain management. Yeah, yeah. Right. How many, how many chronic pain patients do we have out there that are right. affected by this draconian push on this, right. on this bullshit uh, crisis? Yeah, a conservative number is thirty million. That's Holy a conservative shit. number. That's a lot of votes. So, yeah, shit. absolutely. And I think you know. Let me tell you, if I step back from advocacy. Uh, in this realm, I will be my um, representative, Greg Omori. I will run his campaign for governor because votes are essential. And right now, we are in the middle of this race. You know, we've got our presidential, um, our election coming up. 30 million votes, votes and money. You know, your senators don't want to lose their seats. But when you get a fierce advocate, in one state, and they dedicate only, look, I'm going to take your seat if you don't do something. That's what these, pe these people, the, and I tell the chronic pain community, you have more power than you know because you have the vote. And it's votes, it's money. There's power in numbers, and that's a, lot, that's a lot of people that are going through this bullshit right now. That's a lot of people that are... Um, I just talked to a good friend of mine. Hopefully she's listening. I told her to tune in. She um she goes through the same thing. And we I was I started talking to her because she has chronic back pain and has had it for years. And she has to jump through these hoops. I introduced her to Kratom. She loves it, by the way. Yeah. But she I was talking about our show and I was talking about uh the pain clinics, and she goes, Oh my God, I hate going to those pain clinics. It's yeah. like the worst yeah. thing ever. It's like you know, I would rather buy it off the street than go through all that shit. She goes, I hate to say that. She goes, yeah, but I can't stand it. You know, you're and treated, I, I you're treated horribly. It's it, just it's, a it's just a horrible thing. I see Denise is trying to call in right now. Denise, we're just going to um we're going to continue with the interview for a, a few minutes and then we'll take some calls in. So. I'll I'll let them know on here when they're yeah. In, yeah we'll let you guys know we'll let you guys know when we're going to take calls right now there's just some information that we need to share i know we're kind of going off into different ways but that hey that's what we do sometimes so yeah getting guys, back let me, men let me get, mention this before i forget um, yeah i, I for people who are listening to this whether it's in the middle of the night or tomorrow i if you are trying to get in touch with me i always always get back to you even if it's with one word if i don't get back to you it's because i did not receive your message so i check reddit i check my two emails i check two facebook pages and i check linkedin so usually four hours is dedicated to uh returning messages so um, i will get back to you i cannot get you pain medication i have to put that out um just so people know because i know people you know, text me, I wake up, can you, I need, how can I get pain medic? Can you find me a doctor? I cannot. However, I can get a doctor on the phone and we can discuss some solutions. And, uh, you know, we always like to suggest Kratom. We don't use Kratom in Rhode Island. It's been banned. However, I will say this, 70% uh, of the people I've advocated for have had a lot of su success. It is expensive for some people. Some reputable vendors offer discounts uh, to disabled people, uh, but I will get back to you. I will, you know, we try to send out letters on behalf of people who have been wronged by doctors and there's good doctors and there's bad doctors, bad doctors. I'm coming for you. Good doctors. I'm supporting you. 
so if a doctor gets with you, how do you help doctors get, get their licenses back and stuff like, like if a doctor gets into trouble, right? How, so, what do you, what do you, what exactly do you do to help them get their license back? So what or we the, like or to their do is, ability back. All right. So usually when a doctor calls me, it's after the DEA has raided them. Uh, the most important advice we like to give doctors is never, ever surrender your license to a DEA agent. They're going to hold a gun to your head. They're going to hold a gun to your patient's head. And it's going to be a terrifying experience. You're going to have to get through that terrible experience, but you are not going to surrender your license because we cannot get it back. It's very difficult. They're going to keep you away from your spouse. They're going to keep you away from your kids. And they're going to tell you, we can make this go a lot quicker. This will be easier. Just give us the license. You know, we're going to get your license anyway. You say, get out, call my attorney. Now, certain states, if they have probable cause, they can search your office. They're not going to find anything. But um, step one is you contact us immediately. And then we want to put you in touch with good lawyers, because a lot of doctors don't have criminal defense attorneys. We want to get to the doctors before the DEA reads you because we want to be sure you're prescribing correctly. We want to be sure your charts are in order. We want to be sure um, you are following protocol. Even if you follow protocol, if you're a high prescriber, you will you will get raided by the DEA, but you need to be prepared. So we'd like to get to the doctors beforehand. And that's why I want to bring on some retired DEA agents to sit down with doctors. And when you do get jammed up, after they leave, you call us, we get your attorney for you, we want to get experts for you, and we want to start the process. Because chances are, if you've done nothing wrong, they're just going to come in, terrorize you, take your server, and you're never going to hear from them again. Um, and that's when people start to panic, what's going on? Uh, and your medical board, now I think some medical boards are starting to, don't get me wrong, medical boards are just as bad as the DEA because they work in tandem that's the help that we want to get to the doctors. I'm not a doctor. Let me say this. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm just a person who happens to work with some really great people and we want to do the right thing. Right on. Yeah. It's uh, thank God you're not a lawyer. No, I've met a couple of good ones, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Dr. Philman hates lawyers. It's just, oh you know, God. there's just always, I'm having a dispute right now. I got a debt with a lawyer that this lawyer, let me just tell this, this is kind of off the subject, but this lawyer, I hired him to help me buy commercial property. Okay. He's calling the sellers, um, real estate agent, um, without me knowing and, 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 and talking and dealing on my behalf. And I told them, don't call the other side. You're my attorney. And uh, he did it again. And then now he's sending me a bill saying, oh, money anyways. Right. It's yeah, just, well, I've had these are... experiences all the time. They're just, I, yeah. I don't know. Well, if you're I an mean, attorney out there and you're a good attorney, God bless you. But. Well, I'll tell you what, you doctors hate lawyers. Uh, that's one thing I've learned. Um, and when I work with these lawyers, I said, if you think, he said, Claudia, one of my lawyers says, if you think doctors hate doctors, you have no idea how much they hate lawyers. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, it's the nature of the beast. So you do your best with what you have. Hey, I wanted to, I wanted to get on with this, uh, 
I noticed on your Twitter, you got a new campaign type thing, the just say no campaign. And it's far from the just say no that I remember, but uh, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> it is, but either, yeah. I mean, both of them, this one actually makes more sense than the just say no from the eighties uh, drug, sure. you know, hysteria. Yeah. This one actually so, makes yeah. a lot of sense. Uh, yeah. Do you want to explain that to Yeah. So, I, so listen, I'm always thinking outside the box and sometimes I get my ideas in the middle of the night and I write them down on a piece of paper. Sometimes I have good ideas. Sometimes I have bad ideas, but I always roll with an idea because I don't know until I try it. So, I was hearing the same story patient after patient. Every person I advocated for, they've been subjected to the steroid injections and the antidepressants um, and uh, the the nerve blocks. And I said, for what? And they said, well, I've got to do this in order to get, you know, a small dose of pain medication. And I'm talking a small dose of pain medication. Now, doctors know if if I'm going to prescribe to you, you've got to get the steroid injection or this nerve block. So I said, just say no. The patient said, what do you mean? I said, just say no. Why would you torture your body? I said, you know, is your back depressed? Man said, what do you mean? I said, why are you on antidepressants? Are you depressed? Is your back depressed? No. I said, just say no. The quickest way, I got a a lot of hate for that, by the way. I don't give a shit. Listen, if it (laughs) works for you, if steroid, if, if nerve blocks work for you, if steroid injections work for you, along with antidepressants, then say yes. But if your doctor is telling you, I'm going to give you some Suboxone for your pain, just say no, because I can never get you pain medication again after you've taken Suboxone for pain. Belbuca, although it's been indicated for pain, you will never, ever be able to go back on traditional FDA-approved medication. So just say no. I can I, can I say, ask? I might be kind of dumb to this, sure. but why? Why? Well, so Suboxone is not indicated for pain. And once you take Suboxone, you get a code opioid use disorder. Now that oh. opioid use, so that opioid use disorder, pretty much like Dr. Feldman said, if you think about opioids, you get an opioid use disorder. If I ever had an opioid use disorder code in my chart, I would sue. And I wouldn't stop until I would win. A lot of people don't know how to go about, you know, getting these codes out. I I get that. But what you can do as a patient, you can say no. Why are you going to abuse your body? Don't get me wrong. If it works for you, then you need to do what works for you because I'm me and you're you. So when I first came out with this campaign, people like, oh my God, now we look like addicts. No, no, no. I said. It's a new campaign if these, if these alternatives work for you. But I can tell you, chances are, if you've been on oxycodone, that Belbuca is not going to work for you. I'm, let me tell you about Belbuca. It's buprenorphine, but it's delivered differently. I believe Belbuca is put on the inside of the mouth. I could be wrong. And it's very, very expensive. So a lot of these doctors, like I can't prescribe anymore. I can't prescribe opioids, but I can prescribe Belbuca. Belbuca is an opioid. Let me tell you why I have a sour taste in my mouth about Belbuca. These, the makers of Belbuca found a niche. And right now they know millions of pain patients are struggling. So they all got together and they said, oh, let's do this, you guys. Let's 
bring back Belbuca, which was a shitty drug in 1965, and let's change the delivery system, and let's screw everybody with pain. This way, we can give it to pain patients, and they probably won't catch on that it's got buprenorphine in it, which is used to treat addiction because it's, it's in Suboxone. I'm sorry. These are patients, not addicts. There's nothing wrong with oxycodone when taken as prescribed and stored correctly. But these doctors have you jumping through hoops. Okay, oh, first I'm going to do a series of five nerve blocks. And, and then we're going to do 75 injections. And chances are you're going to be crippled. You're going to have arachnoiditis. But when all is said and done, I'm going to put you on some Lyrica, some Cymbalta, and then I'll give you some Belbuca. Screw that shit. No, don't make them rich. Bankrupt them. And I know Dr. Vanilla Singh doesn't like when I say this. For people that are new to this, Vanilla Singh sat on, she, she chaired the HHS Best Practices Task Force, whatever the stupid name is. You know, how pain patients deserve patient-centered care. And well, I was on the Dr. Drew show with her. No coincidence here. The, she turns in the report and she sits on the board of Belbuca. What? So, no, I don't think so. I'm not making, I'm going to bankrupt you and I can't do it because I'm just getting warmed up. These people don't need Belbuca. These, there's nothing wrong with these people taking Vicodin that cost $4 compared to $600. It's bullshit. But the DEA, you can take all the Belbuca you want and they can make all the Suboxone they want, but yet the DEA is mandating how much um, oxycodone, hydrocodone can be manufactured. So let me tell you where we're headed in about eight to 10, who knows, maybe in about a year, no one's going to be making pain medication except for Belbuca, Suboxone, buprenorphine. Maybe well, that, that was the time, plan. Maybe at that time, people can find their relief in more herbal natural remedies so yeah you know, by, maybe by that time people can start because you mentioned kratom earlier and right. you know we are fans of kratom also cbd we are fans of cbd and i want to let everybody know out there if you're gonna buy kratom make sure that and if it's legal in your state make sure that your source has some coas with that that's a certificate of authenticity that shows that it's been tested in a food grade facility like environment you you want the you want the best you know it's it's an herb it's made out of leaves it's shipped over from asia everybody knows all this but you have to make sure that it's handled properly and you have to make sure the pesticides aren't on it and things like that. salmonella and all that stuff. salmonella it's all yeah. and that's why we've been going down this journey in march we will have um happy life uh herbals which we'll have some kratom on there also we already have a cbd um, line happy life herbals that as well but also i take big pride in providing cbd and quality things uh as far as kratom and, and different derivatives of marijuana because that's what's important to me it, it's not it's not about like especially with marijuana it's a medicine it's a medicine here in michigan it is in many states and soon they will have no doubt nationally but to recognize this um but everybody just you know keep make sure you're conscious of if you're going to try some alternatives 
we believe in it, but make sure you, you're using a reputable source. And in the next month, we'll have a very reputable source. We've put a lot of work behind this. Uh, as far as the CBDs involved, my wife is actually a, she's actually a licensed pharma, uh, pharmacy technician. She just updated all her CEs on CBD. CBD is now being recognized by, you know, the different pharmaceutical institutes. Um, so it's a very legitimate thing. And I think when people try it and people do it, they should make sure they get as educated as much as possible or just reach out to us because we've done a lot of work. I've been doing a lot of reading on the endocannabinoid system, all the different cannabinoids and what they affect in your body and how they can help you. And we'll be carrying your line on the doctor patient form under our merchandises, merchandising, I should say. So yeah, you know, whatever That'll works be a great for people. resource. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I you think know, so. Are you ready? Are you ready to take some calls? Where'd she go? Are you there? I think so. She's back now. Oh, guess who's back? Guess who's right, back? Hello. I don't back know if that was town. you or if that was us. But. Guess who's back? Back in town. <laughs> I love that song. Yeah, it's, um, you know, I have people that have done really well with CBD. I have people that have done uh, better with Kratom. Um, but, you know, whatever works for the patient, that's what I represent. Yes. And too bad. I mean, and I agree with you on the opioids. If that's what, if that, I don't think there's anything wrong with opioids. I don't think there's oh, anything guys. wrong with people that are treating themselves for pain or, or, you know, the doctors treating them for pain, no matter what the medication is, if it were like, I, I love the phrase. And when you say, it, Hey, if it works for you, it works for you. And that's what people are losing sight of. They're yeah, but, lumping all this shit in together. Let's take our first caller here. We got, wait, let, let's say, let's say one other thing. You know, yeah. the reason that three of us have decided to come together is because you're a recovering addict and we need to bridge the gap between the addictions community and the pain community, because Andrew Kolodny has turned the two communities against one another. And whenever I do an interview, I always say this, both communities deserve respect, deserve compassion, deserve medication specific to that, to that illness. And it's important that we support one another and that we learn from one another. And that's what we're doing here. Yes, exactly. We we have our caller here, chronic. What is this, chronic grandma? Hey, chronic Chron grandma, you there? I'm here, chronic grandma. <laughs> well, welcome to the uh, show. Thank you so much for having me. I was calling. I uh, went to my pain management uh, appointment this morning, and I've been threatened with the suboxone and the buprenorphine talks. Um, today, I finally got a handout that says why I have pain and why buprenorphine can fix it. And I just wanted Claudia's take on this. Um, I had posted it to our national site. Um, it's a four-page handout, basically shooting off a bunch of words, no statistics that can back it up. I flat out refused, and so for right now I'm okay, although he's told me every appointment we will have this conversation. Um, he also has, when you go into his office, it says pain management slash addiction. Mm -hmm. So I don't dare bring any of my family members except for my husband to my pain management appointment. Uh, I just thought I would share in some way uh, this buprenorphine handout. And it says I have real pain, 
why would I use buprenorphine? Isn't it just for addiction? It's true. Buprenorphine was invented as a pain medication in 1980. And it goes on and explains, you know, how it was, how it was made. And um, now to be clear, buprenorphine is a type of opioid. However, it is a very unusual and somewhat strange opioid. So they don't even have long-term studies um, on Suboxone or, or, or Bilbuco or any of these type of drugs. Um, and so to, to say to me, I won't be your doctor unless you take this medication, I think is uh, disgusting in today's day and age. Very disgusting. And um, I would love for Claudia to answer your question, but for some reason she's disconnected from the, from the call in <laughs> right now. Otherwise, if I was, yeah, if yeah, I was, we, a, there she is. She actually does re remote. So yes, I don't know why I keep, if she was in the studio. I, I hey, why, Claudia, I keep getting connected. I don't know. I'm sorry. I keep getting booted out. So, um, I heard the caller and, uh, so if a doctor ever told, so, okay, first off, a lot of doctors, uh, anesthesiologists are both addiction specialists. Keep in mind, I, I don't offer medical advice. This is just my opinion. I if your doctor, <laughs> If your doctor is not going to prescribe traditional FDA-approved affordable pain medication and your only option is Suboxone, goodbye. No, thank you. And if we had 30 people saying goodbye, then 30 mm -hmm. people, 30 million people would be able to win. Some people are desperate, and I understand that. And when you're desperate, there's more pain relief in Suboxone than there is in Belbuca. I think there's 50 times more the amount of morphine. I mean, Suboxone... But, but once a, you take Suboxone, you're flagged. You're, you're labeled forever, unless, and this is what I have patients get me, you get a letter from your doctor that says, I am prescribing Suboxone for pain. Very difficult to get that letter because I think coding comes into... Um, you know, I, I've known, I've learned so much from Dr. Feldman how doctors code things and, you know, they code for opioid use disorder and then they code for um, a, just a regular visit. Me personally, no one's flagging me as an addict. Um, it's, it's a great drug for addiction. You know, a lot of people when they go in prison, um, they're put on Suboxone to, uh, for their cravings, uh, a lot of heroin users. And it's, it's, you know, it helps stave off the injection, uh, the, you know, the, um, the cravings. But so let me ask you, how long have you been using heroin for? Oh, that's me? right. You've never used yeah, heroin. Never. Yeah. That's right. You've never, because you're not an addict. Like, yeah, you're not, a, you know, I asked, listen, I advocated for it, a 75 year old man. I was like, Mr. Who's deaf. I was like, Mr. Smith. I was like, can you right in front of his doctor? I said, can you tell me the last time you used heroin? He's like, what? And I said, heroin. When was the last time you injected heroin? Can I see the marks in your arm? And this doctor's like, I know what you're doing. I was like, then cut the shit. I said, don't you dare insult my patient. How dare you? Sometimes that's all it takes. And you know, I wish I could be with you at your pain management visit. I wish I could be with He's everybody. He's a jerk. He's you know, a jerk. He's a bully. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you know what? Why stay with him? Put him on we don't, business. Right now, we don't have any other pain management doctors in Eugene Springfield area or the southern part of Oregon that will prescribe opiates. They are all so injections. What, all right. What is he doing for you right now he, to make he your does, to make your pain feel better? 
he does prescribe my morphine and my benzodiazepine together. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you're gonna stay that's why I don't. Them. Yeah, that's why I don't like the bit. Oh no, no! I thought he was giving you an ultimatum. Listen, a lot of doctors have oh, to he have is. that. I, he is to the point where he says he's going to have this conversation with me every three months at our appointments. He but is. I told him, you are forced tapering me then. And as soon as I said that, he backed off. Well, so, so listen, he, your doctor, now. he's just, you know, no, yes. your doctor's just yes. doing that. Your doctor's just doing that to keep him safe. So I understand that. They me have too. to me have, too. they have to have the conversation. So you're actually in a, a, a situation much better than, very blessed. Um, 20 people. So, you know, always be polite to this doctor, even if he's, a, yes. even if he's an asshole, you be polite to him. Yes. I record please. my appointment. Thank you. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of my doctors today said, make sure your, your patients record everything. And somebody's like, it's yep. illegal to record. Nope. Not if nobody nope. knows you're doing nope. it. Because right. guess what? <laughs> nobody plays fair. But thank you so much for calling in. Thank you Thanks for being for a rally member. Thank, Absolutely. thank you so much, Claudia. You're thank our hero. You. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. We got anybody else uh, have any questions for Claudia or even Dave and myself? I mean, we are very knowledgeable, not on this subject, but many things. <laughs> I think that you're knowledgeable. Really don't mean a lot. And it is, it is Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Day. And hey, happy Valentine's to everybody out there. What kind of stuff, what kind of stuff do you like, like on Valentine's Day? Like the, you like like the chocolates or the flowers or I stuff do. like that? You like the normal stuff that people get on Valentine's Day? Candy. I love candy. candy. I love chocolate. I love black licorice. I'm like black licorice. You love what? me and you hate me. Yeah, you listen, like, that's what I um, think. So you like good and plenties then? No, I hate those. That's cheap candy. <laughs> I tell listen, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like black licorice. You either love me or hate me. I but Ital a lot of Italians like it, but I am a candy nut. You know, people don't know this about me. I'm gonna share something very private. <laughs> Everywhere I go, whenever I travel, I, I find out where all the candy stores are. Mm. So, right? Like, who doesn't? You know, these, you could, and you listen, you can't trust a person who says, oh, I don't like candy. What? How can you not like candy? God bless that. You have to like candy. Poor Janice. Janice keeps getting booted. You guys, why are people getting booted? Is it well, the, the guy from Podbean is supposed to be listening to our show, right? We've been on the horn with Podbean about this. Um, either one, it's the if, government. If somebody, if if you're trying to chat, I see Janice. If you're trying to chat and you are filling up your text bar with a long sentence, you're probably getting kicked off every time you do that. So because it probably thinks you're trying to spam us. Yeah, that's. I think the the comment section is supposed to be short, uh, mm -hmm. like a short few, you know, maybe five, six words. But I see some people, it depends. It, I can tell you it works best on Google Chrome. Um, the app works best on the Androids. And so does the, if you're listening on the computer, I see we got 26 on computers online, I think. Is that how I'm reading that, Dave? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got 30 total. But e either way, Podbean is working on it. So All hopefully right. so, hopefully we'll get it sorted out real soon. Yeah, I, I just want, want to say, you know what, Podbean? We just ain't <laughs> dealing with this crap for many more shows. I just want to let you know, get your shit together. Or we're I'm going to take that away from you. We're making the switch. Oh, okay. No, I love those things. Hey, Denise says, I was put on Suboxone and told it was for pain. Then a week later, got a letter saying they were no longer my doctor. Um, 
didn't know what Suboxone was. Yeah, that's why we have to get the word out. You know, three words we all have to live by, educate, advocate, legislate. Um, just so for Kratom people, whether you're listening to this at a later time, Mac Haddo, the lobbyist for Kratom, emailed me this morning and um, he wanted to know if I was able to get my hands on a Senate sponsor because we, you know, Kratom has been banned in Rhode Island, but eight we states, are trying. Right? Six. Yeah, it's banned. Six, states, six states. So we are trying to, and we live on the Massachusetts line so people can get it. But if you get pulled over, you're going to get in trouble to have Kratom and, you know, having Kratom on you. But we are trying to make this uh, a safe Kratom state. Uh, I always forget the act, uh, Kratom Protection Act. So I do, uh, for Kratom people, uh, wherever you are, um, you guys, so wait, you guys are going to be car selling Kratom? Make, you know, what's, what's yes. going on with you guys yeah. and Kratom? No, we're going to have Kratom. We're going to have Kratom from um, Dave's going down uh, here shortly in the beginning of March, and he's going to tour the facility in Florida. What part yep. of Florida are they in? It's right outside of Orlando. Okay. So convenient for you, spring break time. To I go. know. Yeah, I know. It's a work or pleasure, I guess, at that point. Right. I, I thought you were going to say Dave's going to Indonesia. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, Matt, I Matt that goes one. there three times a year. He spends, he, he's in Indonesia three times a year. That's what the lobbyist does for Kratom. He needs to oh, know yeah. where it's. So yeah, there's a lot of research. There's a, there's a uh, farm and I don't know if it's one farm or several places where there's um, a thousand hectares of Kratom. So, and you guys that aren't familiar with that, a hectare is a thousand acres. So there's a thousand thousand acres. So whatever that math is, if it's a million, I don't know, but there's a lot of acres of Kratom growing over. And my whole point is there's plenty of Kratom for all of us Americans that want it. It's just in Southeast Asia. It has to come here. It has to be cleaned. It has to be processed properly. A lot of times it's cleaned and processed there and then tested here. But um, sometimes the tests aren't very good though. Yeah. If they're te we don't trust the testing in Asia. We want it tested when it gets here. So a lot of them mm -hmm. will say, yeah, it was tested. Yeah, it was tested in Asia. And I'm not saying I don't trust Asian people. We got a lot of Asian listeners to the DAP worldwide. Yes, and we yes, love yes. everybody. But I'm just saying, United States, they're a little more stringent on it. And I trust it because I can read most of the shit on the COA. So I'm happy with that. So Moxie just said Michigan just reported nine deaths from Kratom trying to no. ban it there. No, it's and not true. And I will guarantee it that. They might have had it in their system. That's right. But that's it was what something they else do. that, you know. Yeah. So that's what the FDA does. So what they do with your Kratom deaths, same with the opioid deaths. If a person has a heart attack and they have Kratom in their system, it's going down as a Kratom-related death. If they have a heart attack and they take oxycodone, it's going down as an opioid death. I have so many doctors that reiterate that to me over and over oh, and over yeah. again. I mean, I mean a, a, a grand majority of the, the opioid overdoses are fentanyl, illicit fentanyl, but they make Rhode it sound Island. like, they make it sound like five people, you know, like there was just, you know, they took three or four, uh, Norcos and they overdosed or they took a pill, yeah. you know, a bottle of Norcos or something. No, right. they didn't. No, they had, they, they were going to the street to get their drugs. They got fentanyl in there. They got some high dose. You know, people don't realize how strong this stuff is. You got fentanyl, which is a thousand times stronger than morphine. Think about that. Then you got carfentanyl, which the, the drug dealers have figured out. I can get more carfentanyl in here 
yeah. and it's, it's smaller and it's a higher, that's a thousand times stronger than fentanyl. So you're talking about something that takes just a microscopic piece of sand is probably mm -hmm. your dose. And you have people that are low level drug dealers sitting in houses with, uh, you know, the Joker card out of their deck of cards, cutting this shit up with heroin. And that's how people are overdosing. That's how this whole hysteria create. And that's what they market as when somebody's overdosing on that. They, they mark it as an opioid overdose and they yeah. never distinguish between the carfentanil, the fentanyl, the heroin and the and the actual, you know, oxycodone or the or the norco whatever whichever they don't distinguish between that they throw it all in the same lump and then everybody Wait. freaks the fuck out that's a good just, point it's not true that's a good point for people that are getting legislation what i did in rhode island and i will give rhode island uh um props for this because they have acknowledged okay um people have been overdosing uh, it increased 70%. So in 2018, we had 277 overdoses. 80% of them had illicit fentanyl. So Rhode Island is really trying to tackle the crisis. Of course, um, I was hounding them. Please call it what it is because our teenagers don't know the difference, they're thinking it's pain pills. This is why our overdoses, we're not seeing a decline. We're seeing deaths decline because Narcan is readily available. So when you meet with your lawmaker and you meet with your governor, you have to know your state intimately uh, and you have to Google, if you live in Arizona, Arizona Department of Health, Arizona, illicit uh, fentanyl overdose. So you have to break down your state piece by piece and you may need to contact an epidemiologist somebody that works on those figures and you know we've discussed this before uh we're you know we're all parents and um you know we just want to keep our kids safe so it's a it's a there's a lot of work i just wanted to answer this lady's question really quickly we got um, another caller calling in right now jay okay, jay some jay some oh there's ronda ostrowitz i love ronda Hi, Jay. Hey, Jay. Welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. Oh. Thank God. Well, yeah. Somebody Probably one of them accident. Disconnected or something. Yes. Somebody. So uh, here's something interesting. I just wanted to read this. This is, you know, how history repeats itself, right? And they always, they always hear that. So listen, this is very interesting. This is a little piece of history I found in some reading. In 1914, the Harrison Narcotics Act. Force right. doctors, force doctors under threat of felony prosecution to deny treatment to patients deemed to have addiction issues. In yep. the 1920s, approximately 35,000 physicians were indicted for prescribing narcotics to patients, and more than 19% of federal prisoners were there for narcotic offenses. Unfortunately, history is now repeating itself, and that's that's uh, very true. This isn't, I mean, this government and the way they've handled uh, substances throughout history have really, I mean, they just fumbled the ball all over the place. They don't know how to get a handle on it because they don't think outside the box. They just think if, if I take this away from you and tell you, you can't have it, you're not going to have, you're, you're never going to, you know, do it again. Well, that's, it's more complicated than that. There's, yeah. there's, there's, it's way more complicated than that. And I think that, um, I think, like I said, like you were saying earlier, and I agree with you 100%, is, you know, it's time for us to merge. It's time for 
the pain patients to say, okay, uh, I don't just think the say pain, no. I don't think <laughs> Listen, yeah, just it's say time no. For first them to of say, all, just say no. I don't think the pain patients really have. Oh, here we go. We got Tracy here, or is it Trace? Let me see Tracy. Hey, welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Claudia. Oh, Tracy. Oh, I'm so glad you called in because for people, so Tracy, Tim and Dave, Tracy is a phenomenal advocate in Oklahoma City. Oh, and nice. Tracy uh, can rally like no other. I mean, she puts my rallies. Well, everybody puts my rallies to shame. She actually get, goes into the studios, right? Now, Tracy, how, when did you find yeah. deep? How did you find me? I always ask people, how did you find me? <laughs> Oh, well, of course, Googling, you know, opioid <laughs> crisis. Yep. So uh, just, you know, and then saw you in a group and saw people commenting and liked it and liked what I saw because I was going through the same thing at the time. So, And now Tracy has legislation in Oklahoma City, you guys. Nice. <laughs> nice. Congratulations. Yeah, and so yes, Tracy, thank you. and it was written with doctors, right? Yes, and, um, us in the Oklahoma a, Pain Society. <laughs> and now you have a um, hearing coming up Monday. Yes, it's being heard in the health, excuse me, the Health and Human Services Committee on Monday. So we are emailing our senators and getting involved with that and asking them to please support it because mm -hmm. it actually, it removes the criminal and civil penalties for our doctors here in Oklahoma to prescribe. So therefore, so if they, right, it, it basically, it says that as long as they prescribe within the FDA approved daily maximum of, of a certain, of any medication that they cannot be held criminally nor civilly liable. So it puts Medicaid, it puts it back in to the doctor's hands. Absolutely. They need a higher, right. We right. Give a cheer for that. Yes. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, this Body doctor, I was that. just, yeah, I do. I love it. Well, I'm a narcissist, as my haters say. So I, I always hear that. I always hear that applause in my head. But, you know, it's, it's important that, you know, these doctors are being, um, you know, some Arkansas actually has a state that says you cannot be charged uh, with, with criminal unless it was criminal intent, which means that you, your goal was to kill your patient. I mean, duh. So that's yeah. what Oklahoma yeah. is doing. There's their, I think they're, you know, they're taking away the criminal intent, but not only has Tracy organized these phenomenal rallies, but she's met with doctors. Is this sponsored by the house or the Senate? Uh, both actually, we've got, we've got two sponsors in the house, Republicans, okay. and then we've mm -hmm. got a, uh, or excuse me, I'm sorry, in the Senate, we've got two Republicans sponsoring it. And then in the house, we've got a Democrat response, uh, sponsoring. So, so what committee is this committee, your house or your Senate committee? It's the Senate committee on Monday. Oh, so, okay. Hey, I have a, yeah, I have a quick question for you too, since I have you both on the line and you're, and you're dealing with, uh, the legal part of this is there, and I'm not trying to get into everybody before, if you're a Trumper or not, or a Democrat, I don't want to hear, I don't, I don't care about any of that. Okay. What I want to know is, do you ever find one party or the other supports the patients or is it kind of like a no. universal thing or a se no, separate they, thing or. They both hate opioids. 
It's a nonpartisan agreed. They hate anything <laughs> opioid. It's the only issue that both Democrats and Republicans agree on. They agree in, on they one thing. They hate opioids. So we need they to hate get some independent thinkers in there. Yeah, no doubt about <laughs> yeah. it. We right. need we that have anyway. to convince them. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. having to convince Democrats and Republicans why we need our medication or why these people are, you know, committing suicide because they don't have their medications. So, yeah, it's 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 both parties. You know, it's, they don't discriminate. We got some questions on here for you on the on the uh, we got Janice asking, what about DEA worries? As far as the Oklahoma bill? Yes, um, this will this will protect us in Oklahoma and, and they are, their thinking is that FDA trumps the CDC because the FDA is these, these medications are federally, uh, they're federally approved by a federal agency. So where, wherefore the, um, the CDC just released guidelines. So, you know, it's not, it's not as, so FDA would trump it in, in any kind okay. of case. And you know what, so, okay. you know, Tracy, what, well, let's, let's think about this. What business did the Centers for Disease and Control have in putting out guidelines? Right? <laughs> that would be like, oh, the police department is putting together a food pyramid for what you need to eat. Huh? Why? Exactly. But, you know, that's because Andrew Kolodny and Prop, Dr. Chow, approached the FDA to write these the guidelines, and the FDA said absolutely not, so the CDC ran with it. Tracy is one of our... Um, you know, she's just, a, she's a phenomenal <laughs> advocate. There's a, a really solid team in Oklahoma and it started with the rally and now they have legislation. They have both a house and a Senate sponsor. And I don't know about you, Tracy, but I didn't know anything about this process until I started to get involved. So congratulations. Uh -oh. And we have Thank to, you. we are going to post that. I, I need to post it to the top of the national page. Um, and that's you. what we're going to do that on Sunday. So thanks so we're, much. Please tweet it to us yes. too, so we can also help. Yes. And we're going to bring in, there's okay. another caller calling in right now. We're going to bring in Jay. Thanks, Tracy. We'll talk soon. Uh -huh. Thanks, Tracy. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Okay. Yeah. That was weird. That was weird. Hey, we got a. Well, I guess she's oh, off now. Oh, but hold on, we'll try this badoop again. No, all right. <laughs> Doop <laughs> Chronic Grandma wanted to know who drew up the bill. Yes, that's where. A doctor, Tracy, and Tracy worked with a doctor and other people. Okay. Uh, so it is. It's always the best to have doctors write the bill. Uh, you know, in Rhode Island, the D, You know what? Here's the crazy thing. The DEA, and I was told this, I didn't know if it was true, the DEA does not come into Rhode Island. We have a DEA office in Rhode Island, but the DEA, um, they have an agreement, and this is not uncommon. You can have an agreement with your attorney general or your governor, and under this governor, the DEA does not come into the state of Rhode Island. Uh, that's, that's all I know. That's awesome. We need something like that in Michigan, damn it. Well, we're such a small Maybe we state. Do. Uh, there's just not there's not a lot of money to be made here, um, but it's uh, it's a, peculiar. We got a new caller here, Claudia Melissa. Welcome to the show. Hi hey. guys, thank you. No problem. Um, I have two questions. Um, I don't know if anybody, if any of you guys or anyone listening can can answer. But my first question is, I've read stuff about 
the addiction gene, something about you having to have an addiction gene in order to get, um, whether you're taking them for pain or not, getting addicted to opiates. And does anyone know if, if this is true? And if it is, let, let's say, for example, I don't have the gene. Does it matter what I take? Am I not going to get addicted no matter what I take if I don't have that specific gene? Does anybody know no. about There's that? There's several okay. factors that... Yeah. Go ahead, Claudia. There's several well, factors, but I, just real quick, Claudia. There's a Time Magazine just put out an, a, an addiction um, issue, and it kind of covers all that, and it covers the different kinds of addiction and, and the gene that you're talking about. And uh, if you want to read up on that, uh, it's very interesting. It's very in-depth and very unbiased. I like it. so. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I know that, like they say, or from what I read anyways, that the one that I'm talking about was just strictly the opiate addiction, not oh. cocaine or anything like that. But gotcha. something about heroin and, and any kind of opiate, about you have to have an addiction gene. And I just don't know if... You know, if I don't have that gene, does that mean I'm never going to get addicted? You know, not physically dependent, but addicted. Yes, please, please. Sorry. Can I answer this question? So yesterday I advocated for a lovely lady from Rhode Island, and she said, you know, I need help. She said, but I'm, you know, my family, you know, I come from addicts, so I will not take opioids because I know I'm predisposed to addiction. Mm -hmm. And we're just trying to get her massage therapy. But, you know, my sisters, they're adopted, and they come from addicts. So we raised my niece knowing that you have a very, very good chance of becoming addicted to anything. And I think addiction, um, so there's a lot of people who don't want to take opioids for that reason. And that's, oh my God, commendable, of course, right? Who wants to become addicted? All I can say is if you take your, and I think Dave, Tim, we discussed this last week, an addict's high, their first high is their best high. And they're always chasing that high. Uh, for many, for uh, millions of pain patients, they don't really get a euphoria when they take pain medication. They're just not in pain. Right. And they have a, you know, so I think that's the difference. And I think if you take pain medication, and this is why I don't advocate for um, young people. I don't like to advocate for uh, just my thing. I don't feel comfortable advocating for people in their 20s because, um I don't, I just don't feel comfortable, to be honest with you. And I think if you take pain medication and you feel like Superman the first time, then you got a problem because mm -hmm. then you want to feel like Superman and again, again, and again. But I'm not, I don't struggle with addiction, although I do have that slight addiction to chocolate, as we alluded to. And, you know, I am addicted, you know, P Dr. Feldman said, you're addicted to the gym. I'm 1 million percent addicted to the gym. I couldn't live without the gym. So if that's addiction, I don't know. But you guys, you, you're more, I think you're well-versed in addiction more than I am. Well, I just want to read uh, something here that I have. I always have something handy here. Um, I, li I like that about you, by the way. On average, less than 20% of all people who try, try drugs develop addiction. These statistics are very different than what's portrayed in the media, in societal assumptions, and by the public policy towards drug use. But numerous studies have come to the same conclusion. Between 80 and 90% of drug users do not develop substance abuse disorders. 
There's right. one exception to these statistics, and this is very interesting. And I've always said this is the worst drug ever made because I did it for a long, long time. Nicotine is the most addictive drug with 67.5% yeah. probability rate for transition to dependency. The National Institute of Drug Abuse uh, estimates that 23% of individuals who use heroin develop addiction. And, in, uh, and to that, that's 12.3 uh, uh, methamphetamine users. About 530,000 of them are regular users. So think about that. 12 million people use meth. Fifth, over less than half, about half a million are actually addicted and regular users to that. And that rate is only at 23%. Uh, you know, only 23% of people that try methamphetamine become addicted to it. So these are staggering. And you, you'll never guess the lowest one. Cannabis. Cannabis, 8.9% oh, yeah. yeah. addiction rate. 8.9%. And then you Can have you get uh, addicted? Can cocaine. you get addicted to weed? Um, you know what? I am, but that's because I just love it. I mean, it's yeah. it's not that. Well, it's I not, think that's it. I think I that's, don't, you know, right? That's I don't start my day off. Withdrawals without when exactly. you don't smoke. I mean, right. Exactly. That's the difference. I can go yeah. 30 days and not do, I mean, because you got to get jobs. You got to have lives. I mean, I'm not going to go drop yeah. my kids off at school stoned, of course. So, right. you know, it's not like, you know, I don't wake up in the morning and do it, but it's something more relaxing that I do at night and it helps creativity and it helps with a lot of things. It helps me be a lot nicer. And my household is a lot more fluent and loving when, when dad's That's okay. you know, medicated. I was just going to say that. people that, that smoke, you know, pretty often, they might be crabby if they don't have it, but they don't experience withdrawal. Right, exactly. You know, yeah, you're well, not curled up in your bed crying. Exactly. No, no, it's, no. it's a much different. Do well, you know, I, if I do too much, I might be. Or Claudia uh, might be. Claudia that, might yeah, be. Claudia might. Oh be no! If I miss the if I miss the gym, I'm a miserable, miserable. Oh no! So, oh, no, I'm back. No. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm uh, like, what happened? No, no, that was no. Mood. My mom, my mom's calling me from the other room. Oh, no, okay. I am. Okay. Can I please tell you when I don't work out, my personality changes. Those are free endorphins that well, you should I. Work out. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, I actually, I, I feel like I just change. Like I, I want to say sad. I feel sad. I could never do everything I do if I didn't train like a beast every day. Um, I know, I know we have to wrap it up because yeah. we've gone 11 minutes and I, you know, um, listen, everybody, you, you keep fighting Tim, Dave, thank you for, uh, getting this podcast. I know you have to go spend time with your lovely spouses and yep. your children yep. and appreciate that. Um, get them their Valentine's and make sure you do something nice and uh, everybody do something nice for one another out there while we just navigate our way through uh, this difficult time. I appreciate it. Thanks for all the calls, everybody. We're going to be doing this every two weeks. Melissa, thank you for your questions as well. Thanks, guys. Everybody that called thank in, you. we appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back on the air probably on the 28th, the weekend of that. So if you want to mark that down, we're, we're thinking every two weeks, we're going to you know, have your questions. And Claudia is going to be uh, giving us updates on her journey and what's going on with that. So we appreciate all the support. Much love. Enjoy your Valentine's Day. Try to stay warm and all that good stuff.